What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. Wednesday, February 1st. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, where we will not be missing January at all. Yeah, look, January, you had your chance. You had 31 chances, in fact. <laughs> you blew it every single time. I mean, February is about to do it better in fewer days, plus it's Black History Month, so let's go. Positive vibes only. On today's show, Republican Representative George Santos said he will temporarily step down from his congressional committees. Plus, a warning to parents, keep your kids away from the food delivery apps. Mm, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but first, the Biden administration announced that it will end the national and public health emergency declarations for COVID on May 11th. The state of emergency was declared by the Trump administration in early 2020 and has been ongoing for nearly three years now. Biden's announcement came as he criticized the effort by House Republicans to end the emergency declaration immediately. The White House has said that that would be completely disruptive and chaotic. But, you know, this move will really be the start of a new phase of response to this pandemic, despite the fact that hundreds of Americans are still dying every single day from this virus. To hear a little bit more about the decision and its potential consequences, we brought in our good friend, Dr. Abdul El-Sayed. It's great to be back. I really appreciate it. Although, y'all come talk to me whenever bad stuff happens in public health. So I, you know, I'm telling you, like, at some point, I'm hoping to come on and share the secrets to my wonderful skin routine. But uh, until then, I would love that, about public health But actually, what's your take on vitamin C real quick? I'm joking. Oh, so let's good. go. So let's good. go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that later. But let's dive right in. What does this move from the Biden administration say about the state of the pandemic, or more specifically, how federal health officials are thinking about it? What it does tell us on the one hand is that the federal government has been angling toward a moving away period from the pandemic as a storyline more generally. And we've seen this in a focus on everything that has not been COVID. At the same time, given the fact that we continue to watch as 400 plus Americans die every day of COVID, it's very difficult to actually sunset the kinds of public health policies undergirded by a public health emergency. At the same time, it tells us a lot, not about the state of the pandemic, it tells us a bit about the state of Congress, which mm -hmm. right now we have a House that's dominated by Republicans. And one of the things they've been trying to tell us since March of 2020 is that COVID is over, despite the fact that it's taken 1.1 million lives. We continue to watch as 400 people die a day. And one of the things that the Congress has tried to do is force the administration's hand. And so I think rather than continue to fight, what they've said is that they're going to end the public health state of emergency in about 90 days. Right. And based on you know what we know, especially considering the current variants in circulation, vaccination rates, all of that, 
Do you think this is the right move from the administration? I personally don't. On the one hand, emergency implies emergence. It implies this thing being new. And we are in a moment now where we are about to turn the corner, certainly by the time that this public health emergency winds down, on three years of this pandemic. So it's not emergent anymore. It's just the state of play in our country. Right. And at the same time, it is very difficult to say that something that continues to take 400 lives a day is not an emergency. It's not something that we should be paying extraordinary attention to. Right. And so while I worry a lot about what the drawdown of this public health emergency will mean for the attention that we pay COVID and certainly low-income black and brown people who have been underserved by our government for a long time and their access to things like vaccines, treatments, and testing for COVID, I also think that what we probably ought to do is try and codify a lot of what this new normal public policy has been by other means. And one thing I want to get into is the contrast here, because if Republicans had their way, they'd pass a bill through Congress declaring that the pandemic is over. They'd end this public health emergency today, actually, right? So talk through the differences in approach here, because the White House is proposing a months-long transition, whereas the GOP would love an immediate end. So Talk about the differences and the potential ramifications if the GOP got their way. What we're seeing here is that one party is serious about governing and the other party is serious about making claims that seem to fly in the face of any sort of responsible stewardship of our federal government. If Republicans got their way, what we would see is that overnight funding for access to everything from vaccines to treatments to hospitals would go away. Without easing those off and giving folks enough time to adjust, that would have some devastating impacts on a number of institutions. And more importantly, it'd have devastating impacts on people, right? One of the things that came with the public health emergency was that state governments were no longer allowed to kick people off their Medicaid, right? right? Medicaid being the insurance program for low-income Americans that's operated through the states but funded through the federal government. That is going to end, and we're going to see, particularly in states that have not expanded Medicaid and states where you have Republican leadership that's ideologically opposed to providing basic health care for low-income people, people are going to be thrown off their Medicaid. And, you know, when you lose access to something as fundamental as your health insurance, there is a real cost to you, your family, and society. I shouldn't have to say that. But that's part and parcel of what it seems like Republican ideology has become about. Beyond that, right, I think for all of us, we took it for granted that for the first time, our federal government guaranteed us access to something absolutely free at the point of care, which was the vaccines. Where in your life were you able to go just about anywhere, whether it was a private pharmacy or it was a, right. a CVS, a Walgreens, whatever. Yeah. In sign up, they'd ask you minimal information and then you would get this free piece of healthcare. Totally. Th that's going to go away. Moderna is planning to raise its prices up to $130 a dose. Pfizer has said that they're going to um, raise their prices to $82 a dose. And for a lot of people who remain under vaccinated, which really is the issue right now, that's going to be a lot harder to get them out there to do the thing that they can do to protect themselves and their families from this virus. And, you know, meanwhile, the virus is still evolving. I wish we could pass a law through Congress to end the pandemic. That'd be really awesome. Unfortunately, biology does not work like that. So here we are. 
What are the immediate changes we can expect on May 11th when this happens? Um, access to vaccines and treatments and testing is going to be a lot more complicated. It's going to, like almost all healthcare, depend on the state of your insurance. If you're on Medicare, now you're going to start seeing out-of-pocket costs that come with getting access to something like a COVID test or a treatment. If um, you're on Medicaid, it really depends on what state you live in. If you're privately insured and you have good insurance, then great, you're likely going to see no real change in your access. But if you don't have good insurance or you don't have insurance at all, you may not be able to get access without paying a hefty fee to things that we've taken for granted as being free because our government was doing its part and paying for them. Right. I hear you say that. And I think about one thing I still haven't heard much about either, though, the fact that there aren't announced supports or programs or interventions for people experiencing long COVID and people now living with disabilities they didn't have before contracting the virus. And so I, I hope more comes from that, from the White House in this transition. I mean, that's a really good point. And depending upon what the government chooses to do and how it chooses to process long COVID, you've got a situation where we had potentially a mass disabling event. There are going to be people who live with the long-term consequences of long COVID for some time after this, quote, public health emergency ends. And the worry that I have is because of the rush on both sides to sort of walk away from COVID, that a lot of those folks just aren't going to be made whole because, well, politics have moved away and nobody really wants to talk about COVID anymore. You'd think that something that may have forced people into a situation where they're dealing with the long-term consequences of this disease for a long time to come would force us to pay attention. But ironically, we're in this position now where folks kind of just don't want to, where we've got this sort of mass ostrich effect. Right. I think it's about the attention span, but also the appetite. Speaking of the appetite, I fully expect once this public health emergency goes away, everybody will stop any COVID protections they were taking at a personal level as well. We've already seen that throughout this pandemic, but what do you think the new public health message is going to be for the country going forward? And what recommendations do you have for people? As we know, as you stated before, hundreds of people are still dying every day from COVID. There's a couple of pieces here that I, I want us to think a bit about. Number one, we've got to do all we can to destigmatize mask wearing. Masks remain one of the most important, most effective interventions against COVID and many other diseases. I've watched as people have sort of been bothered in public spaces because they choose to wear a mask. And I had thought that the whole point of the anti-maskers was it's my body, my choice. So why are we now harassing people? The second point is what's going to happen per the FDA, vaccination is likely to turn into an annual vaccine similar to what we do with flu. Right. The hard part, though, is that for a lot of people, the way that vaccines were pitched was that you would get your first two vaccines and then you would be, quote, vaccinated. And the challenge now is that there are 70% of Americans who are vaccinated, but they're under vaccinated. Because mm -hmm. if you look at folks who are up to date on their vaccines, you're only in about 16% who've taken the updated bivalent vaccine. I worry that the uptake of that annual vaccine is going to continue to be low just based on the uptake of this last vaccine coming into this fall. So we're really going to have to focus on making sure that folks understand that they're going to need to take a vaccine every year to protect themselves from the newest COVID variant, given what this virus can do. Right. And I worry that by hinging vaccine access on a public health emergency and then removing that public health emergency, we're just putting up more obstacles to people being able to get those vaccines. And so it's not just about telling people what they ought to do and, quote, educating them against the onslaught of misinformation. 
It's also about making access to those things as easy as possible. Definitely. As always, thank you so much for joining us, Abdul. We really appreciate your time and we just, we just love having you. So thank you so much. Appreciate y'all having me. That was Dr. Abdul El Sayed, host of Crooked's America Dissected podcast. And stay tuned, y'all. He's got an upcoming skincare routine episode that you will not want to miss. Keep my eyes peeled for that one. <laughs> Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy meets with President Biden today in what will be their first sit-down since McCarthy became Speaker. The battle over the debt ceiling will be top of mind, and this will likely be the first of many contentious meetings leading up to June, which is when the U.S. could default on its debt unless an agreement is made. McCarthy and other Republicans in the House want to cut government spending before increasing the debt limit, but have yet to give any specifics on how they would do that. Meanwhile, the White House says that increasing the debt ceiling is, quote, not a negotiation, seeing as this is money we already spent. That part. Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with Palestinian leader Mahmoud Abbas in the occupied West Bank yesterday. This comes after a recent surge in violence between Israelis and Palestinians. Blinken, who met with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu on Monday, urged both sides to work toward reducing tensions and also renewed calls for a two-state solution, but did not call for a new round of peace talks. The seven states that depend on water from the Colorado River missed another deadline imposed by the federal government yesterday. Last year, they were tasked with drawing up a plan to voluntarily cut how much to draw from the dwindling waterway by as much as 4 million acre-feet, or face mandatory restrictions. To give you some perspective, one acre foot is enough to cover a football field in one foot of water. So that is wow. a lot of water. Six states came up with a last-ditch proposal to save about a third of that target. But California, which pulls a larger share from the river than any other state, did not sign on. Officials say that the Golden State is formulating its own conservation plan, but the lack of consensus for now could spell trouble in the very immediate future. That is because the river, which supplies water to millions of people and farmland across the West, is quickly running dry due to climate change and decades of overuse. The International Monetary Fund on Monday released a slightly more optimistic report for the global economy. While the fund noted that the overall economic growth will likely slow this year around the world, it pointed to the efforts by international banks to combat inflation, the reopening of China's economy as it eased its zero COVID policies, and Europe's solutions to its energy crisis, which are bright spots if you're a Wolf of Wall Street type. Meanwhile, the outlook for the U.S. is, well, meh. The IMF expects that while inflation in this country will eventually slow down, the unemployment rate will gradually rise, and that the path to avoid a recession will still be very narrow. They said slightly more optimistic report, and that is a very slight. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get what we can get, all right? <laughs> sure. We'll take it. We'll take anything. House Republican and faking it till you make it personified George Santos plans to step down temporarily from his committee assignments. According to reports, the Long Island congressman told his colleagues that he didn't want to be a distraction. Sir. Just Sir. Interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> he later wrote a letter to House Speaker Kevin McCarthy thanking him for the assignments, but said that he wants to take this time to focus on his constituents. Which makes sense, seeing as according to a recent poll, 78% of them think he should resign. Santos made this decision while he's being investigated for campaign finance violations after he lied about his entire life story and then some details that mattered, details that didn't matter at all. Everything was fair game. 
He had been assigned to both the small business and science committees, which, according to his resume, was well-deserved. If anything, the man was overqualified. <laughs> when a child asks if you have games on your phone, come prepared for chaos. On Saturday, a Michigan parent let his six-year-old son Mason use his cell phone to play a mobile game for a bit before bedtime. Imagine his surprise when cars began pulling up to his driveway, unloading bag after bag of food. Mason used his dad's phone to go on a $1,000 Grubhub spending spree from several area restaurants. Hell yeah. I mean, I'm like, at least he shopped local. Shout out to support local businesses. <laughs> While a $439 pizza order from a local restaurant was flagged for fraudulent behavior, a $183 order for five portions of jumbo shrimp <laughs> from the same restaurant went right on through. <laughs> I guess he had to class up the order, right? Yeah. Dream big. By the end of the spending spree, Mason had ordered jumbo shrimp, pepperoni pizzas, shawarma and pita sandwiches, chili cheese fries, a personal favorite of mine, ice cream, grape leaves, rice, and more. The family <laughs> shared their bounty with their neighbors, and Mason's dad told the local news he's changing the passcode on his phone. Come on. This is amazing. This is my this dream. This is hysterical. <laughs> wow. I mean, there's range in this order, too. Like, he's right. all over the place. Like, he's doing classics, like your pizza, your chili cheese fries. He's getting grape leaves. Like, palate is very advanced for a six-year-old. The jumbo shrimp is chef's kiss. <laughs> you know, he's not a picky eater, which is great. I feel like that's tough to come by. Right. There's veggies and grape leaves. Come on. This is amazing. You got to stand. Sorry, we have no choice. And those are the headlines. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code WAD, Books promo code WAD. What a Day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love fast-growing trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, okay? This spring, fast-growing trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Therapy is great for, you know, you know that thing that just is like sitting on your shoulder, you can't get over it, and you just sometimes need somebody to talk through it with? Therapy can be helpful for that, you all, okay? You got to get it off your chest, you know? And you can do that with BetterHelp. So visit betterhelp.com slash wad today to get 10% off your first month. That's 10% off your first month at betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash wad. It's Wednesday, Wild Squad, and today we are doing a segment called Bad Sound. Take a listen to today's clip. Anyone in my position not taking the Fifth Amendment would be a fool, an absolute fool. One statement or answer that is ever so slightly off, just ever so slightly, by accident, by mistake, such as it was a sunny, beautiful day when actually it was slightly overcast. (laughs) would be met by law enforcement under the advice of my counsel and for all of the above reasons, I respectfully decline to answer the questions under the rights and privileges afforded to every citizen under the United States Constitution. I cannot believe this man was president. I cannot believe he's running again for president. What a joke. Oh my God. I gotta say also, very low energy. But that, of course, (laughs) was... That, of course, was former President Donald Trump pleading the Fifth Amendment in a recently released video of his deposition last August with New York Attorney General Letitia James. Trump allegedly invoked the Fifth Amendment over 400 times during this deposition. Yikes. And not that we're in the habit of taking this man at his word, but this is the same guy who famously said in 2016, quote, the mob takes the Fifth Amendment. If you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Interesting question, he asks. Juanita, what are your thoughts on seeing this clip? (laughs) Like, I am losing my mind right now because he already told us. He's clearly lying. He's clearly not innocent. And that's why he's pleading the fifth. So he's following (laughs) his own rules. We got to take him at his word on that. But did you see how he was behaving in that video? Like, let's be real. Slumped over, uneven, spray tan, hair doing even more stuff than his hair used to do. Like, he just looks a mess. I I can't believe that he... He's like is literally trying to run for president again. But let's be real. We have not seen the depths of Donald Trump. Like this is still not the worst of it. I don't think. Yeah, it was giving like weekend at Bernie's a little bit. And I (laughs) did not like it. (laughs) And I'm like, what does the weather have to do with anything? Why is he talking about the weather? Like, I don't know. We're going a little word salad. Don't like where we're (laughs) headed here. Yeah. Just for the entertainment factor. I do prefer when he's uh, a a little up tempo. A little, a little higher energy, but no, it's never particularly fun hearing hearing that man speak. So, those are my thoughts. He was giving Jeb. It was Jeb exclamation point. A little underwhelming of the exclamation, though. That was, you know, pretty bad sound. I gotta say, truly bad sound. <laughs> One 
more thing before we go. 2023 should be the year you never run out of coffee. And you can do that by subscribing to Crooked Coffee. It's delicious and convenient. And when you subscribe, you will save 25% on every single bag. Get Crooked Coffee's specialty-grade, ethically-sourced, medium, or dark roast delivered to your door as often as you'd like. And it's easy to change up your subscription or cancel at any time. Head to crooked.com coffee to subscribe and to learn more. That's all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, play the fifth a couple hundred times, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just anything but your food delivery receipts like me, <laughs> what a day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver. And, and resign, resign George. George. I mean, what are you doing here? Step aside. And you know what's crazy? Even 71% of Republicans in his district want him gone. So it's like, dude, dude, go home. I don't know. He found a pretty cushy job, though. He doesn't have to be on any committees. He gets to cash that check. For two years. Two years, guaranteed income. Doesn't have to work on Friday. Might be living the life. <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is Jossie Kaufman, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Escape to Ocean City, Maryland, and discover a place that just feels lighter. Every day feels like Saturday, and French fries are a food group. Where flip-flops are always in fashion, and seafood is always in season. Where the boardwalk is bustling, and the beach is right outside your door. Where you can rise with the tide, and feel like a kid again. Ocean City, Maryland. Somewhere to smile about. Book your trip at Oceocean.com. Your entire life you've been told to save. But has anyone helped you figure out how to spend? With Fidelity Income Planning, get help creating a personalized plan for cash flow, even when you're not working. One that includes your 401k and all your other accounts. Make informed decisions that best fit your life ahead, whether one-on-one or through our planning tools. Learn more at fidelity.com slash income planning. Advisory services provided by Fidelity Personal and Workplace Advisors, LLC for a fee. Brokerage services by Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. 